HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. I'm joined tonight by my good buddy Dave Broderick from the Blind Tiger, Worthy Kitchen, Worthy Burger, Worthy Truck, the, the Vermont Dynasty. Hey, Jimmy. He's on here. How are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Dude, I, I miss you. You've been working so hard. You didn't, you didn't even go to Cooperstown this year. I know. This is like my vacation, coming down to visit you. It's nice to get away. Well, it's nice to have you. So you said on the on the way over, you know, you, you've you've been the owner of Blind Tiger forever, and you've kind of been doing all these things in Vermont. But who who was at your place this afternoon? All your business partners and your your buddies. Yeah, I had Brian Delaney. We've been together since '96, and um, uh, he basically uh, owns and operates the Spring Lounge, and then Bobby Ganyan, who uh, owns and operates the Gate. We've all sort of been partners for a very long time. Well, you've been a, a big part of the beer scene. And this is probably the first show that you've ever been on. Where you didn't know all the brewers. Like when we first started, it was like every brewer in America knew Dave Broderick. And now you've been spending so much I'm time just, in Vermont. Yeah, I'm out of it now. Now we just know of Dave Broderick. more legendary. I'm a rumor. We got the guys from Yonkers, one of the newer breweries in the state, Yonkers Brewing. We got John and Nick and Sharif. And, uh, but, the, but the real story tonight, we finally got him down here from Keegan Ailes <laughs> up in Kingston. We got, we got Jeff Wenzel and Tommy Keegan, who we've only had on the phone before. Tommy, yeah, it's well, so thanks. great to have you on the show. And we're going to try to talk to you mostly tonight. So let's, let's get started. You, you, you opened a brewery in Kingston, Shoot, yeah. and uh, somehow you learned how to make good beer. <laughs> somehow I learned how to make good beer, right? Well, actually, I learned, I think, how to make beer at school. I went to UC Davis, got my master's in brewing science there. And then um, it wasn't like it is today. That the um, that was 15 years ago, I guess. The uh, The market was a different place. I couldn't get a good brewing job, so I had to go back to science. I worked at SUNY Stony Brook for a while in a lab. And then um, I was good friends with the guys from the Blue Point Brewing Company. And um, I we go down every weekend and beg them for a job and they finally grew to the point where they needed a brewmaster or a head brewer at least and I was there waiting so I worked for them for a while 
and then found this building in Kingston that, believe it or not, nobody would buy this building, this abandoned building in a bad neighborhood in Kingston because there was a brewery stuck in it. So um, that's only into 10 my years love. ago. It was pretty, that's, it was a very yeah. different time then, wasn't it? It really was, yeah. It was really a different time. There's, you know, many more breweries than there were a decade ago, which is cool. It's It's been fun to watch my own industry grow and us all work on the same, pushing in the same direction. What was that old brewery that was in there? It was the home of the Woodstock Brewing Company. Oh. Remember those guys? I do remember those guys. Yeah, sure. And they just sort of walked away from the equipment and the business? Yeah. Um, what they did was, at the end, the um, the founder of the company, Nat Collins, who's a great guy, he ended up selling out. He just got burned out after, I think, about a decade. He sold to some guys, and then they were floundering, and they took out some municipal loans with the city. And the city took the brewing equipment as collateral, and then when they failed on it, the brewer, the city got stuck with this broken down brewery, and um, that's where I kind of came in. The guy that was trying to sell the building, and the building next door, I ended up having to buy too to get you know the whole package put it together. But um, he was starting to charge, threatened to charge the city rent if they didn't get this brewery out of here because having a beat up old brewery was keeping him from being able to sell the building to another business. So luckily I knew somebody in City Hall that um, was the city attorney at the time, and it was her problem, and she said, I know this kid, Tommy Keegan. Let's sucker him into buying this building, you know? <laughs> and um, so I was actually leaving Blue Point um, to go back to the pharmaceutical world because I had a mortgage on Long Island and, you know, needed to make some money. So I went from a low-paying uh low uh stable job to a way less paying and less stable <laughs> life but i was 32 and figured you know what the heck if you don't roll the dice once in a while I'm not, if i don't do it now i'm not going to do it you know so tommy are you from from kingston i don't know i'm originally from long island oh, so how'd you end up in kingston there was an empty building there. <laughs> yeah, how did, how, did, how did you even find out That's about it? That's where the building was. It was cheaper to move me to Kingston than to move a building. How, how did you find out about it? My family, I have a lot of family in Kingston. So um, Kingston's kind of like our my family's second hometown. Um, my father's sister, my aunt, she married a guy who, he his family's been in Kingston since before the Revolutionary War, back when it was a colony. So we've got a lot of family history there. Um, I have three aunts that own businesses and all live locally, so I got a lot of big family base. So that's how I kind of got tied on, turned on to the concept in the first place. So it's their fault. It's their fault, <laughs> correct? Hey, so uh, Tommy and Jeff, what is the beer we're drinking? It's this like kind of seriously okay. Yeah, this is our uh, bourbon aged mother's milk. So uh, we got some barrels on trade from Tuttletown in uh, Gardner, New York, which is about twenty minutes, half hour south of us. And they were fairly wet barrels, and we just filled them up with some mother's milk, let them age for about six, seven months, and then bottle-conditioned. Dave, did you get some? I did. It's delicious. This is pretty awesome yeah, beer. I really like it. It's nothing like coming on the show and have everybody bring their best beers. I know you guys also brought some Super Kitty and some other things, so we're looking forward to, to trying all that. Yeah, we brought uh, Super Kitty and our, uh, actually, we haven't released it yet, but our sour beer. Um Still tinkering on the name. Not sure what we're going to call it. Black Sour. But uh, <laughs> I think we might call it Black Sour. It's a Black Sour Ale uh, made with pretty much all um, uh, lactobacillus. You know, one of the coolest things I did this summer, uh, I went up to Kingston and uh, 
ended up at Keegan's Brewery and got to meet Tommy. And uh, it's, it's, it's definitely worth the trip going up there. I mean, you're also kind of up there in the Hudson Valley. There's not too many other breweries around there, are there? Not too many. They're starting to pop up around a little bit. But um, when we were there um, first, and there's really not a lot around um, as far as breweries go in our neck of the woods especially packaged brewing companies. There's a couple of small guys that are popping up that are doing a really good job. Uh, a couple of kids in Newburgh have the we – we're doing a project with them, which is kind of funny because we went to their brewery, and it was literally a one-car garage in this – you know, oh, Sloop. Poughkeepsie. Oh, in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, Poughkeepsie, you're right. Yeah. Um, but the Newburgh guys are doing great. Um, we're friends with those guys. There's a bunch of guys that are just starting to pop up around – Crossroads is um, doing a good job. They're starting to see their beer around here, down in the city a little bit once in a while. But um, yeah, you're right. We we're kind of up there by ourselves a little bit. You got compared a lot of, to here at least. You got a lot of um, New York City chefs slowly moving out there up to Hudson, which is a lot further up. Yeah, yeah. we get a lot of New York City chefs moving up. A lot of great restaurants coming up as well. Like the whole um, Hudson Valley food industry, not just from restaurants, but from um, that whole farm-to-table kind of movement is really taking some serious um, hold. Uh, we just got done doing a, an event where um, we were supporting these farmers that are trying to grow hops commercially. Hudson Valley used to be a really big capital of the um, country for hop growing, and we're trying to bring that industry back too. So it's, again, just really cool and very exciting, It's and it's fun to be a part of something that you know we're all on the same page. You know, I'm sure the uh, there aren't too many other industries where we all, you know, play nicely together. I just talked to the owner of the Captain Lawrence Brewing Company today and told him I need to borrow his equipment so I can sell some beer. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Just stop by and grab it, you know. <laughs> I'm sure Steve Jobs and Bill Gates didn't have those conversations, you know. Let's go back to, let's go back to when you started. We got a lot of things going on on the show, but I really want to talk more about you. It was 2003. You guys were, you were in Kingston. You got this old brewery. And uh, like, what what did you do when you went in there? I mean, did you have to clean it? I mean, was everything ready to go? I mean, First you know, started Jeff's rolling weed. Uh, I mean, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> you can't run a good brewery. Anyway, um, yeah, well, Jeff was with me. He was one of the first uh, guys to start working with me and is still with me a decade later. But really, that's exactly what we did is we started to clean. I got the building in the springtime of 2003 and... You know, breweries are made out of rubber gaskets and stainless steel, so we just changed all the rubber gaskets and scrubbed every piece <laughs> of stainless steel and put it all back together again, and um, we started brewing beer. Oh, we brewed beer the first day. It was my mother's birthday, August 1st, 2003, and then September 1st, we were up and running and selling beer and getting drinking, and but there was a lot of scrubbing. How did you, in terms of the, the beers that you offer, obviously the, the milk stout, how did you like decide to really focus on what you wound up focusing on? Well, I saw a lot of um, small breweries making a lot of different beers all the time. I know that's kind of the standard. And we have a very small brewery or relatively small brewery. I used to work at the Anchor Brewery. Um, I was trained and my professors sent me to Budweiser. They wanted me to go work in big breweries. But... I walked into this small brewery and realized that I had very limited resources. So I focused on three beers. There were maybe, what was it, five years before we made a fourth beer? We, made the, we opened up with our old capital, Hurricane Kitty and Mother's Milk, our Golden Ale, our IPA, and our Stout. And 
I figured the fewer moving parts, um, the fewer things there were to screw up. And, you know, it's one thing if you're a brew pub and you make a beer and it tastes different from the one before it, but uh, consistency was very important to me. So by focusing on those three brands and, um, you know, focusing on consistency, that's really where it, what drove me in that direction. That's great. Hey, this is, uh, we have a, someone on the line right now. There's an event coming up, and I know some of, some of the breweries here are showcased. It's a Brooklyn Pour that's uh, produced by Village Voice. Um, we have someone on the line right now. Hey, who is it? <laughs> hey, hi there, guys. How are you? Uh, this is Rosemary Jorda. I'm the event director over oh, at Hey, Rosemary. Pour. How are you? Good. How are you Good. doing? Good. I know you were calling in. Thanks for calling yeah, in. Yeah. No problem. All right. So uh, what's going on with Brooklyn Port? Do you have Keegan's or Yonkers we in the We don't, and I'm a little sad listening to this because you guys aren't coming. Why are we coming? I don't know. I don't know. We had sent it out to you guys. Uh, I think um, it's uh, the Great American uh, Beer Expo the same weekend, so I think a lot of folks are out of town on the 12th of October. Oh, it's the GABF. Yeah. Same. yeah. And, 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 and Tommy, you guys are going out to, to Colorado this year? Yeah. Um, and by say yes, we guys are going out. I'm sending those guys out, but somebody's <laughs> got to stay back and watch the fort. I got to go out last year, so I'm going to stay back and let these guys. And what about and John? John, you guys from uh, Yonkers? Are you guys at the Brooklyn Poor event? No, not this year. We have uh, three other events this uh, this year. Uh, one of them being the grand opening of Pinch. Our buddy James up there, and uh, and some of the stuff they're doing. That up great at big City beer Pacific, restaurant yeah. with a hundred taps. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And Yonkers all of our Raceway. House beers. Yeah. Yep. So we'll be up there. Wow. Well, yeah, it's a popular date. <laughs> well, Rosa, so tell us a couple of the other breweries that, that uh, we should know about who are going to be there uh, yeah, at Brooklyn Pool. We're, we're really excited. We've got uh, we've got a lot of the New York area coming. We've got two brand new ones we haven't had before. Uh, we've got Barrier Brewing coming from Oceanside. Cool. Um, so, yeah, those guys were hit by Zandy. You know, they've reopened. Um, we're excited. They're bringing a butternut squash ale, which sounds delicious. Um, and I we think also they call it the Sasquatch. Three Heads Yeah, the Sasquatch. Coming. All right. Yeah. And uh, how can we – and you have some people. You have uh, our, our colleagues, uh, Chris Kuzme and Mary Isaac from Ferment about it. We do. They're they doing, are doing – we have a Beer Talks programming that we're doing part of the event. Um, we've got a Beer Talk every hour, and those guys are presenting Urban Home Brewing. All right. Well, Rosemary, thanks for calling it. And how can we uh, get tickets and find out more about Brooklyn Poor? Sure, yeah. We've got about 150 beers from about 68 brewers. Um, we just sold out a VIP, and we've got our regular tickets on sale. And you guys can go to villageboys.com slash Pour for more information. All right. Rosemary, well, is there still time for me to get some Keegan Ales down there? Or? There is, and I would love if, if you did. I would love to. Um, email me, jeff at keeganales.com. With and, a G. and ladies out there, with a G. email Jeff. What is, it, what is it, Jeff? Jeff with a G. G E O F F. You know, there's, he's got a fan base out there. They're, they're showing up with super kitties just for him. I know. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, you know it, uh, Rosemary. Yeah, uh, it doesn't get much better than that. You got you got the the great guys from Keegan and Yonkers here. So uh, thanks for checking in. Okay. Awesome. Good thanks luck with the event. Guys. We'll be there and we'll, and we'll see you there. And the funny thing is, just so you guys know, like what the world of beer stations radio is, is a cider week's coming up. And my good buddy, Steve Wood, who's the, the founder, farmer, cider maker from Farnham Hill up in New Hampshire, 
He just he called me three times, and I can't answer because I'm on. I'm on. But Steve, if you're listening, <laughs> he's not going to stop. Yes, you will come to Cider Week. Yes, you'll be at GB's number forty three on October nineteenth for the Harvest Beer and Cider Sessions. Yes, we'll do the beer dinner with you on Monday, October twenty first at GB's number forty three. But hey, why not? Come on, um, Dave. Quick thing before we're going to take a short break, but Dave, what the hell is going on with you, Vermont? Worthy? You're like worthy world something. Yeah, uh, too worthy. Uh, so, yeah, no, we just opened up a new place a month ago today called Worthy Kitchen. It's our uh, test kitchen for uh, new food concepts that we want to do in the Upper Valley uh, in our area. And uh, it's going well. It's the biggest restaurant I've ever done. Um, about 120 seats, including You know, outside. I think Vermont's like the hottest thing now because there's hardly anything, right? You're like, there's hardly any good restaurants. There's, yeah. there's hardly any. But whatever's going on is really good, right? There, yeah. Now there's a lot of stuff. So, you know, obviously up in Burlington, there's there's a lot of great restaurants. And Waterbury has uh, where the Alchemist is, Hetty Topper. A lot of great restaurants. Um, and down where we were, not much. It, it's kind of like the 1970s down there. Uh, even with craft beer, it's like, even though craft beer is so big in Vermont, in our area... It was very underrepresented, and basically the first place we opened Worthy Burger was just so we had a place to go uh, ourselves. It was like the Kingston of 10 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> I, I felt like, and, and when we opened, I, I was actually working behind the bar because we couldn't, we couldn't even find people to work there, and uh, I really felt like it was 1996 um, at the old Blind Tiger original, yeah. like starting from scratch, because people, like, I had like kind of a, I didn't think it was a very uh, big-time list, but people were just like, uh, I only know Long Trail. I'm like, okay, so we're starting from scratch. All right. So, uh, but it's been great. Yeah, I know. We, we we tried to get some Vermont beers recently, and, and you know, everyone's like, "Well, you can't get Hill Farm." Said so you can't get. Well, Lawson's doesn't come down here, so you know, I think you guys also need to make more more beer in Vermont. Though so Sean just did a Sean Lawson just did a collaboration with Otter Creek, and I think they made like 500 barrels of this thing of a double IPA called Double Dose, and that is coming down to New York City relatively soon, and and. Um, we we actually went over with our trailer, our Worthy Burger trailer, to uh, do the opening um, uh, of that collaboration on Saturday, and so and they told me that it was going to be available in New York City. So that's awesome. Hey, let's give one shout out to our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com. Thanks again. This is like your fourth year sponsoring us. You guys are awesome. All right, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. You're listening to Onions Milk by Iggy Dean on the Heritage Radio Network.org. So, you like good beer? Whether you're a craft beer pro or just had your first sip of an IPA, GreatBrewers.com is your number one beer resource on the internet. GreatBrewers.com bridges the gap between the world's great brewers and the consumers who enjoy their products. With so much information and misinformation out there, GreatBrewers.com focuses on education and leaves no stone unturned. Take the Great Beer Test on their website and browse through an extensive product catalog. Download their mobile beer cloud app, which includes a GPS beer finder, a beer sommelier, and descriptions for over 5,000 different brews. What are you waiting for? Back up that passion for craft beer with some solid information and education. Visit GreatBrewers.com today. Hey, 
Hey, hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, it's Jimmy Carboni. I'm getting called by Steve Wood from uh, Farm Hill, my favorite cider maker, and uh, we're getting ready for Cider Week. But, Steve, stop calling me. I'm on there. But uh, we got Tommy. <laughs> this is like crazy night. Dave Broderick, my, you know, I'm, I worship this guy, best bar owner in the world, Blind Tiger, Worthies, everything in Vermont. We got the Tommy Keegan and Jeff from. Uh, Keegan's uh, up in Kingston, New York, and uh, they've got great stories, and we're talking more about that. And we've got the, the new young guys from uh, Yonkers Brewing in Yonkers, so it's a great show. But right now on the air, uh, we've got – do we have them on right now, Chase? Yeah. Uh, Chase from, from Prairie. Uh, Chase, why don't you just tell us your name and tell, tell us the brewery because uh, we're all here kind of getting drunk. So, <laughs> Very nice. Yes, my name is Chase Healy with Prairie Artisan Ales. How's that? Hey, Chase. That was perfect. Great. All right. So tell us how you got started. We, we, we've got a, a, a solid brewer here, Tommy Keegan from Keegan Ales in New York, Dave Broderick from Very Blind cool. Tiger. Um, so there's Hello. some serious beer guys here. Uh, Sounds t- like it. Yeah. Tell us how you got started. Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, Prairie has been a thing only for just over a year now. Um, I brewed the first batch of beer for it, I think, end of beginning of september of last year so um things have just been flying kind of crazily to be honest um me myself i've been a professional brewer for about five years now so um prairie has really just been my kind of first uh step into kind of having my own brewery so it's something i think all brewers want to do and i took the leap and and luckily it's it's worked out so far and uh, Chase, this is Dave. Um, how is the reception in Oklahoma? To you're doing some pretty amazing beers, um, you know, uh, and particularly saison style. I mean, how did that go over when you first started? You know, uh, really well. Uh, Oklahoma is is interesting, and in you know, it, as many people would think, is a young craft beer state. But I think people are very thirsty here for creative beers, just like they are anywhere. So. Um, I don't really honestly believe there was too much, um, you know, you know, education I had to do. People have kind of known what I've been working on for the past few years, um, you know, through other projects. And so people were, I think, more or less excited um, with anything I was going to start working on on my own. So to be honest, we sell a ton of beer here in our in our home state and people seem to really, really love the stuff that, yeah, we honestly we thought maybe they wouldn't, but it, it seemed to to work out. And how did you uh, meet the Shelton brothers? Well, that's that's a that's a fantastic question. Um, prior to Prairie, I have been working on a brand with a partner called Redbud, and um, doing a lot of kind of similar beers, but it was something that really wasn't quite my own. And um, while I was working on it, though, I had <laughs> I had Facebooked them. And told him told him I was interested in potentially selling selling some beer kind of um, to a lot of different markets, and they thought that was very cool. But um, I kind of knew at that point that I wasn't in a position to really make the beer I needed to to sell to them. So it was kind of one of those things where they just said, you know, when you're ready for it, get back in touch with us, and we'll see what we can do. So so I've been kind of talking with them for the past couple of years now, and, it, and it's really just been in the past past. Uh, you know, eight months that we've been able to launch and grow our relationship through with them and, and really get some, some beer to some pretty cool spots. Now, I know you were up in um, up at uh, Sean Hills in August. Uh, a lot of my mm-hmm. friends, a lot of my friends said they saw you there. And did you guys do a collaboration while you were there? 
We didn't. We didn't. I, uh, you know, it's my first time up there, and obviously that would be fantastic and fun. Um, you know, they were brewing one with tired hands while I was there, and I kind of lent a hand, but by no means was involved in, in any part of that. That was their deal. But, you know, I just felt like I really needed to come up there first and really kind of feel the scene, meet the people, and, you know, jumping into collaborations for the sake of doing them sometimes isn't so great. You know, there needs to be a relationship there first. So, um, you know, next time I certainly want to continue going. What a, what a beautiful place to visit if anyone hasn't been there. Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, but really I was more there just to kind of absorb it all and, and see what was going on in that part of the country. It's funny. Your beers have been we, – we um, occasionally from Sean get a keg of, of your beer and, at the Worthy Burger, which is further right. south, hour and a half further south from Sean, and it's been hugely popular. So please send more. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're trying. It's, I'm, I, I'm, I'm literally – I had to come out and sit in my car. I've been filling bourbon barrels all day and got like 40 <laughs> more to fill. So it's, it's a long day. I'm glad to get a little break to talk to you guys. But, you know, we're, we're working as hard as we can to – to certainly get more beer made. Hey, I got a question. This is Tommy Keegan here. Um, and when you said initially um, about a lot of craft brewers having that bug of owning their his or own, her own brewery, um, you know, I was bitten by that bug, obviously, as well. Um, I had a degree in brewing science, and I felt like I made good, clean beers. And then I decided to open my own brewery, and I realized that the business of owning a brewery is a lot different than... Um, you know, running a brew house and a mash tun and a kettle. Uh, yes. Well, did you have a lot of background in business, or like, have you gone through the same Not growing a- pains, like, you know, realizing that the black pen is more important than the red pen at the end of the day, and it's you know, it's oh, a it's a God. really true and it's a real hard issue that I know a lot of small brewers face. I I, I think I'm haunted every day with the idea of screwing this whole thing up. So. Yeah, me too. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one. No, oh, go ahead. Man. I'm sorry. Oh, oh my gosh, I, I think that that's uh, that's the hardest part is you start to start to realize that you're spending more and more time, you know, working on the business end of thing versus really working on your beers, and that can be frustrating but necessary um, in this whole thing. And and it's been quite a bit of a, a wake up call from kind of how much I, I want to be in there doing things and getting things done to where it's just constant coordination and making sure. You know the beer's going where it needs to, and um, everything's on track, and, and and it's it's complicated and hard, for sure. Well, cheers to you, man. Uh, okay, how about we with John Rubo, another another young up and coming brewer uh, from Yonkers Brewing? You want to ask a question of Chase because he's like in Oklahoma, you know? Yeah, no, Fire I mean, uh, I guess a big question is you know breaking into different markets. That's uh, as a young. Brewery, I and mean, we just started distributing in January, and we're right here in the middle of New York. Um, you know, primarily focus on Westchester County here, but just north of New York City. But I guess we're just trying to, you know, hey, you got your beer out here, you're moving it around, and and what were some of the difficulties you you came across, or maybe no difficulties? I would say we really haven't had a lot of difficulties. To be honest, I think it's more of a philosophy of the styles of beer that we're doing. Um, forgive me, I'm not familiar. I mean, with your brewery, what kind of? I mean, what kind of beers are you guys producing? Well, we just started in January, so uh, we're more, we're trying to become more of a lager brewery. We want to be known as a lager brewery, and uh-huh. our first beer was a, a Vienna lager. That our uh, our brewer Sharif is here today. He uh, 
kind of just hit the nail on the head for what we were looking for to to go to the market and so it's it's been well received but we called our brewery Yonkers Brewing. So Yonkers is the fourth largest city in the state. It's uh, it's just north of New York. So the name has some appeal. Um, so we were yeah just curious on on some of the barriers you might have hit or or not hit. I guess. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess it's it's just really hard to to compare. Um, you know uh, what what I would call in your approach of a more traditional brewery versus. Our, our approach where, where I'm not necessarily looking to replace, say, I want to put my beer. Let's say I want to put my beer in New York. I'm not necessarily looking to replace your handle or a Brooklyn handle or anything. I'm looking to, you know, more or less be that, you know, far right handle that's maybe a unique beer that someone wants to, you know, try because it's a little more experimental. But, you know, we're able to expand, I think, into markets because we're trying to more or less give people unique offerings than replace staples that might already exist in the market. So we can be there, we can not be there because maybe we don't have production. It seems to, to work out okay because we're not, you know, creating a, a, a gap in anyone's tap lines or anything. You know, they're hey, just Chase. Kind of happy, happy when we're there, you know, whatever if we're not. Hey, Chase, this is Jimmy. Um, we're, we're hey. t- we, thanks for sending your beers. We were tasting a few of them. Uh, right now I'm drinking the... Okay, the one malt, one hop, one America. Uh, yeah. And what was the other one we just had, guys? That one? Ogie? Uh, just, Ogie. Nick, tell us. What is it? It's the Ogie? Yeah. So why don't you tell us, about you the, tell us about those two beers, a little bit about them. Uh, okay? Very cool, absolutely. Yeah, sorry, I'm a bit of a rambler here. Um but yeah, so no, I saw you. On, I saw you on video, Chase. You look like a rambler. That's okay. <laughs> but you got, it's you and Tommy we, Keegan. We like so. ramblers. Yeah, I'll yeah. be the gambler. Jimmy, Jimmy's you be the, the rambler. Biggest, Jimmy's the biggest rambler of all. Well, let, let me tell you, America. America is one of those beers where, um, you know, I lucked into a whole bunch of Nelson Sauvin hops and um, wanted to make a really expressive beer with them, but um, wanted to really showcase them. So to me. It was to strip down the recipe as, as plainly as I could. So, you know, just using one malt. And it's kind of a homebrewer thing, I guess, to play around with the whole smash beer idea. So so I just did it, you know. And, and, and so it's a farmhouse beer based on kind of some of our other beers, but hopped more along the lines of, of an IPA. It's really um, nice. You know, and then conditioned with um, wine yeast as well as Britannomyces. So um, to me... Those tropical notes you can get from the Britannomyces can really complement, you know, the the really crazy flavors, fruity, juicy flavors you can get from the Nelson hops. So, um, for me, I was looking for a way more or less to showcase those. Uh, the beer is kind of funny in that not a single ingredient in it is American. Um, it's Bohemian Pilsner malt, and then you know, hops from New Zealand. So, um, I guess a bit of a commentary there. But, um, anyways. More or less, we just thought it was a fun beer to do. So, and you'll notice the the label work for anyone that's come across it, um, is is quite spectacular. I think, and and that's credit to my little brother who uh, works on the brand with me. He's responsible for for all of our art and everything that is our brand is is, is because of him. So, um, everybody's going to take pictures of your label. But Chase, you're awesome. Stay on the line with us. Um, yeah, I have we, a we got a lot. Go, Tom. Go. Can I? Hey, just to get back to. Um, what these Yonkers guys are talking about, about uh, market penetration and stuff. 
So you're affiliated with the Shelton Brothers for distribution, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I've done a couple of beer dinners with those guys, those brothers at the Culinary Institute more than once. And um, they're not opi- they're not opinionated at all. Which yeah, they're not opinionated <laughs> at all. But they are fun to get drunk with, man. I'll tell you that that's for sure. Um, they they really are a bunch of good guys. Um, but you've obviously got a, a very good, strong partner there. And um, I just was wondering if you had a comment about the importance of um, of that type of partnership, because I know that's a huge uh, part of my world. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that they've played a, a significant role in, in what we're doing. And I think more than anything, you know, the, the thing that's so great about them is that they were, you know, you know, we had built a little bit of a relationship, but they were still really willing to take a pretty big risk with us because I hadn't released anything before we had kind of agreed to, start selling the beers so so i feel like they really uh, more than anything stepped up big time and and just you know taking a chance with me and and that has certainly helped get us into markets but then i think in turn the beer has helped carry us to the next step they got us to the table and and luckily i think we're making a good enough product yeah well then they got a vested interest to get out there and push your brand you know so it's, it's been a it's been a fantastic relationship that i hope we can maintain for a long time all right well, hey, Chase, if you want to stay on the line with us, you can. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk with uh, more with Tommy Keegan and with the guys from Yonkers Brewing, too. So, hey, we'll be right back in a few minutes here on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! You're listening to Bang Bang Sun by A.G. Dean on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Stay tuned for more from Beer Sessions Radio. Never drink my beer. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, we got a special guest tonight. Hey, my name is Tommy Keegan, and you're listening to Heritage Radio dot or Network dot org. <laughs> the first I fucked that up. Good thing it's on the internet, but it is the first rock and roll radio station to ever drink my beer on air. So maybe that's why I screwed. And Tom, what you, you have a fa- <laughs> cheers to that, man. <laughs> Yo, and then you brought us some special beers tonight. Yeah, uh, man. What was the the other one? The uh, the Tuttletown Barrel Age something. Right. First, we brought Mother's Milk. The, the Tuttletown something. Um, the, <laughs> we brought Mother's Milk that was aged in whiskey barrels from our neighboring distillery, Tuttletown Spirits. And we brought a bunch of stuff. I think next we're going to crack open um, some Super, Super Kitty. Kitty. Yeah, which is our 12% barley wine based on our... Hurricane Kitty recipe. That's what we need. And then right we, now. Maggie, what, 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 yeah, right. That's what we need. Is twelve percent barley wine because it's really cool. I was gonna say like it's not hot there. enough and <laughs> cramped enough and drunk enough in here. <laughs> well, seriously, we're trained professionals. Don't try this at home. <laughs> Super Kitty. In the I think towel. this is the funnest is show we've been had in like <laughs> seven months or something. I don't know. But uh, and we got the other guys tonight here. It's like these are the new guys, but I got yeah, to meet you talk guys. To the new guys a little bit. <laughs> Recently, and uh, and Tom, you're on. I met you guys up in Yonkers. We we did a little festival there, and uh, you guys are the the first brewery 
trying to be based in Yonkers. So tell us a little bit how you guys are. You got Nick, you got Sh- uh, Sharif, the brewer, and, and John Rubo. Um, come on, you guys get, get on the mics and uh, tell us how you guys started because I, I, I actually like your beer. I've had you at Jimmy's number 43. Thank you. did a nice festival in Yonkers, and they were really proud of you. And why not? I mean, Yonkers is the fourth largest city in New York State. So they deserve a brewery. So tell us how, how you guys came up with the idea. Just, just tell me about what you guys did. And I guess, Nick, go for it. Sure. I guess in a nutshell, uh, John and I grew up in the same neighborhood. And, uh, you know, two Ginzos from Yonkers. Uh, we brewed, uh, uh, we made wine with our grandfathers in the basement for uh, probably 15 years. We still do, thank God. And, uh, you know, one day we, we made wine and we drank some beers afterwards. And we said, if we're drinking beers, why do we keep making wine? Why don't we try uh, try making beer one day? So, uh, just like all the other home brewers. We so, really, you guys like you guys grew up together. How, how long have you been friends? Uh, probably been enemies for just as long as we've been friends. We grew up on uh, in different neighborhoods, bordering neighborhoods, but uh, probably the last fifteen years. And, I, I uh, have to jump in. I'm, this is what I know about you guys. I, I was doing a festival in Yonkers, and there's some great people in, in the community. And they said, you have to work with Yonkers Brewing. If, if you want to do the event, you have to have Yonkers. <laughs> and one day we went up to, to visit the community, and uh, John picked, agreed to pick us up, John Ruba, and drove us out to, uh, to the Yonkers Raceway, where there's a great new restaurant called Pinch. But the whole thing is that you guys are really tied into the community. I mean, you grew up there. Your father had a, what, a pizzeria, right, John? Yeah, he yeah. had a, a pizzeria right there uh, on Yonkers Avenue, which is across the street from the casino now. And uh, they used to have the Westchester County Fair there, and we used to walk across the street to the county fair and hang out there. And, and you know, Yonkers was like so many other cities a- a- around the country, and it was depressed, and, and it was trying to come back, and, and then it hit that snag with the economy. But there's so much going on, and we wanted to commit ourselves to opening in downtown Yonkers. It was right on the train station. So you take the Hudson Line straight up from Grand Central, 25 minutes to, to the brewery. Um, the location is now 92 Main Street, so we'll be opening up in December. Um, and there's just so much going on down there now. There's buildings popping up. They're, they're bringing this uh, division of IAC, which is from Match.com. So we're going to have these cool, trendy kids in the area. And so there's just so much going on. So we're, uh, <laughs> we're just looking forward to that So if, that I, go to, if I go to Match.com, I can find a brewery? Is that how it works? Match.com, <laughs> you find a date. Yonkers and Keegan's oh, and... <laughs> Look out, Brooklyn. Yonkers is trying but to steal do, do your you. Do you guys hipsters. actually make. Wait a minute. So it's, with all it's that, cheaper. Wait. So you, but you guys make beer too, right? We do make beer, yeah. So who, tell me about your brewer. Who is this guy? Because the first time I ever met him, he doesn't want to talk. Sharif, well, uh, you know, kind of picking up where I left off, John and I made beer in the, in the backyard, but that just really started the idea in our head. And we knew we weren't brewers. We, we had an idea of what needed to be brought to market. 95% of beer drinkers still drank. Bud Light, Coors Light, Amstel Light, and we wanted to create a, an approachable beer that a beer drinker could transition into craft, and we knew our neighborhood wasn't where craft needed to be yet, and we could be that beer that kind of bridged the gap from the everyday beer drinker to the craft beer drinker. So we knew we weren't going to be the ones to make it. We had the idea, so we started looking far and wide, and we found Sharif on the Upper West Side, and uh, Sharif trained in Chicago, and... Uh, yeah, from there. I'm the quiet one until you start getting me to talk. <laughs> well, you, he's, just so you know, our listeners, Sharif's wearing a Yonkers Brewing Company t-shirt. First of all, you guys have a great logo, and I know you guys are doing a great... So first, like, Mike, 
other brewers, new breweries, you're making your beer somewhere else. Where are you guys making your beer right now? So right now we're making our beer at Thomas Hooker, and uh, you know Sharif was integral in the whole process. Came up with the recipe, and uh, he's there very often, making sure everything's uh, to where he wants it to be. Yeah, w- one of the things that we wanted to make sure is when we were looking at the industry, we said, look at how many successful breweries started as contracts, and not to you know uh, Tommy obviously started his own and, and was very successful, but we looked at like a company like Brooklyn. You know, and and how successful they were, but we realized that quality was so important to us. We didn't want to make you know crappy beer and put it out there and and ruin the name of craft. It was it's important for us no, that we we, had we have some other friends. There's there's, there's another uh, new label called Radiant Pig. Our good buddies, <laughs> they're also making it. Thomas Hooker, and uh, you know it's kind of neat. There's a lot of interesting breweries that that are able to make beer for other people. And Tommy, why don't you comment on that because. In, in some ways, there's more more labels than ever, and this is a cool scene, man. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as a matter of fact, we've just partnered recently with a new brewery called Two Roads in Connecticut. Who they? If you ever, if you guys are out in Connecticut, and you get a chance to swing past Stratford. It's worth a trip swinging in there. It's beautiful. They spent. I, I don't know how much money they spent, but it's. And I've got. And, trust me, I've got brewery and Phil, and Phil Markowski, you know. From, and they, right, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And Dave, you're both yeah. yeah, Phil's a great brewer. Um, not too many years ago at the Great American Beer Festival, he was named the Brewer of the Year. Mm-hmm. He uh, used to run uh, Southampton and now is running that place. And they are running a great, really first class operation. Big, big brewery. Um, and I'm doing some work with them just because uh, Mother's Milk is our largest brand. So we make all of our beer in-house for draft. We make all of our bottles in draft with the exception of Mother's Milk. We just physically can't keep up with it. So those guys make it for us. And I feel so confident putting my beer in Phil Markowski's hands. You know, I just know, have a lot of faith yeah. in him. I've I mean, known him for 20 years probably. His quality years. control is great. And, and it's because of the size of that brewery. The prices, I, I you know, I know Stillwater, who brews there, and Evil Twin, their prices really dropped as soon as they switched there. So clearly, it's a it's a better yeah. They've better got an economy of scale that I can't really compete with. Right. So it's great doing business with those guys, and the guys at Thomas Hooker that you know Yonkers does business with are equally um, great. It's just that there's been so many brands that they are at a hundred percent capacity. When I was looking for a partner, and luckily my buddy Phil Markowski called me up, and I also know his. Um, his boss, the owner, uh, Brad Hiddle, from just another connection. We just happen to know each other randomly. And um, there's a lot of contract brewing coming out now, and it's not all bad. You know, a lot. Of, it kind of gets a stigma sometimes, and my sales force has to battle that a little bit. It says, you know, I know your brewery's in Kingston, but how come this says Stratford, Connecticut on the bottle? Um, it's still my bottle. It's still my recipe. You know, it's just made in a different town, but... It's kind of a necessary evil, you know. I think I'm going to throw, throw in the word authenticity. Mm. I think that if you know, there's yeah. some guys with money and they just make a marketing brand and they have somebody make it. And that's I, the, I have guys that come to yeah. me that are looking to build a brand, and I mean, I don't have any capacity, but so the answer is no, no matter what. But they're already through the label before we even discuss what the beer is going to taste like. You know, they're like ah, we'll worry about that later. You know, it's like. I got this great bottle label, and I got this great name, and it's like, all right, well, maybe you should like, I mean, think about I mean, the liquid this, first. I mean, so, you know, on our end, on the retail end, there's still, you know, every year some, some distributors say, hey, we've got this really cheap beer from, you know, some unnamed brewery. 
we can put your label on it, you know, and it's you can call it, you know, whatever, your bar's beer. And, uh, yeah, we never did that. Yeah, but. if you want to make something, uh, you know, if you have your brand and, and you're ready to go and you don't know what to do, then you can make iced tea. You don't have to make beer. <laughs> right, yeah, it doesn't have to be beer. Let's talk about sure, we got, we got you, got, you guys have a guy from Siebel Institute. So there's not that many. We're, we're, we're winding up. The, the show's ending, but we have a lot to talk about. This is going to be like the two-hour show, guys. It's going to be a good party at dinner tonight, yeah. I think. And we hang out afterwards at Roberta's here in Bushwick. So this, this conversation is going on for hours if you're out there. Komodo Roberta's. We're, we're going to have dinner for like two more hours. But you're, <laughs> Sharif is from Siebel Institute. That's and right. And Tommy went to UC Davis. And, you know, there's like that American brewing thing up in Vermont. But there's not that many, you know, places to learn how to brew in America. So, Sharif, you tell us what you learned. And then Tommy will tell us what he learned at his school. How about that? You know, well, going to Siebel was a decision that I made because, you know, I had been uh, brewing since I was about 18 years old. Back then... You know, I was basically making beer better than anything I could buy for the most part. There were very few breweries around. And it was something that I stuck with for, you know, for the past almost 15 years. And I really enjoyed it. And I had reached a point where I was thinking about life's too short to not do what you like. And uh, I was like, what's the best way to actually get in and start, you know, doing this, making beer professionally? And I had had a lot of uh, conversations with uh, brewers in, in New York. You know, I'd s- spoken with Shane Welsh uh, at Six Point and uh, Craig and Evan, who are now the guys at Barrier. And I just started, came to the conclusion that, you know, in order to actually succeed in what I wanted to do, I needed to, a formal education so that we're all on the same plane in terms of vocabulary and understanding the process. And as much as I thought I knew, it turned out that there was a lot more I had to learn. And that was an amazing opportunity in the sense that I really got to understand from the smallest scale brewery to the largest brewery what's involved in brewing. You know? And the other amazing thing out of that opportunity was the connections I made in the industry. So I was trying to figure out, you know, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for my next step once I finished studying. And just spending the, those months in Chicago, you know, being in an environment with another 50 people that were interested in brewing, that my next opportunity presented myself, you know, presented itself to me almost immediately. So, the, and, and since you're on that track, I want to ask you this. So, you guys are, are brewing mostly with Thomas Hooker. How does that work? Because I know you've got recipes, you guys are hands-on, and that's that's a great brewery, too. So, so like, what... Day to day, what do you do when you when you brew beer with Thomas Hooker? Well, uh, the Vienna Lager, which is our, our our main beer, I probably went through about ten different iterations of this beer on a small scale system. We brewed at my friend's uh, system, Jason Bulin, who's now the head brewer for the Forty Ninth uh, State Brewing Company up in uh, Denali, Alaska. Yeah, Jason's been on our show. We know Jason very well. Yeah, and uh, I also brewed with uh, yeah, John Lapala and uh, Doug at uh, Bitter and Esters. And you know, we tried we tried changing up our grist, we tried changing up our yeast, and uh, you know, I think after about ten versions, we finally reached a version of the beer that we were very happy with. And you know, we brought all of our specifications up to Thomas Hooker. And, you know, we go through, and every time we brew with them, you know, nobody's going to brew better on their system than the people that run it. it. So when we go up there, we trust the expertise to them 
but they're, you know, going out and brewing our vision. And that's the beauty of that sort of relationship. They have the expertise, they have the scale, but and they're very faithful to what we originally conceived. All right. Well, I know we're going to wrap up soon, but I, I really love what you guys are doing. Nick, say something quick. You know, quickly, I, and to Tommy's point, it's, uh, you know, sometimes contract brewing gets a, a stigma, but a place like Hooker allows people like us to get our feet on the ground and to build a tasting room and a manufacturing facility in downtown like we're going to have in December. Without Hooker, they couldn't, we wouldn't be able to get to that point. We're self-distributing. We're in about 130 bars in New York right now because we're doing it out of our pickup pickup truck and uh you know by hooker allowing us to get to that point we're able to get our feet on the ground and start making it ourselves in-house and uh you know taking it from there so they allowed us to build a foundation that we currently have to as a jump off point and i think that you know what's going on with contract brewing i think it it's going through with places like two roads and uh and thomas hooker and then you know daniel lanigan now is is uh trying to build like the ultimate contract brewery you know, to his specifications. I think contract brewing is definitely going through a change and um, that's going to really help that business model a lot. Tommy? Oh, are we still on contract brewing? Oh, no. I knew. Switch it up. Switch it up. You know what? I, I got, well, no. I, well, he's a Siebel guy. <laughs> All right. Siebel versus UC Davis. <laughs> yeah, right. Notre Dame, Michigan. Let's go. That's like the Army-Navy game. Guys, yeah, yeah, do you guys right. play football? Um, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> You know, my experience was different where I was thinking I was going to be a biochemist and then looking for grad school, and I was a home brewer. And then um, in biochemistry, you kind of have to go on to grad school unless you want to be a lab rat. So I was looking for grad schools and found, and I was at San, it was living in San Francisco at the time. So I was at San Francisco State. And then I found this degree that I could get a master's program in brewing science. And it kind of like shook my head and baffled me. And um, I was just lucky enough to score a summer job at the Anchor Brewing Company, and then I was off to grad school and never had to go to work since. Um, is the pra- I, But not to change the subject, and I know we got to wrap up, but is that uh, Prairie guy still on the phone? Is he with us yep. still? Chase! Yeah. Chase, Sorry. you still there? Chase! He's still hey, there. Chase. Everybody say Chase. Everybody say Chase. 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 Hey, we just wanted to say that this, we're just drinking right now. We're, we're passing around your the bomb. bomb. All right. That yeah, shit is you, the Chase. bomb, man. That is a great coffee beer. Really good. Yeah. And then Chase is Completely off point, wow. but now, now Tommy and equally Jeff, delicious. Tommy and Jeff. So w- one thing that was a big part tonight was you guys made a beer called Super Kitty. Uh, we brought the 2011. You brought the 2012. Just give right us on. a quick quick overview of that beer because Super Kitty is pretty awesome. And is it age-worthy? That's my other question. Well, yeah, we got a it is totally age-worthy. Uh, I th- yeah, we have about, what, eight years now? Nine. Nine? Well, this year will be our ninth year. This year will be our ninth year making it. Um, and it, this beer ages extremely well. Uh, it's all bottle conditioned. And I believe Maggie brought some 2011. No, I see you out there. Do you have it? She's not Can't sharing. Can she bring it into us? She is no? not sharing. Um, but uh, we just we were just tasting the, the 2012 Super Kitty. Uh, we make it with uh, local honey. Most of the honey, which is made on the roof of our brewery, we have about nine nine beehives now. Yeah, nine beehives, and uh, we have a very unique flavor from our honey. Uh, I've never tasted honey like it before, to be honest. But um, anything we can't source from our brewery, we get from another local uh, a local apiarist that has trained 
our apiarist. Yeah, right. One of our cooks um, in our kitchen has been keeping bees since he was like 12 years old. He's, so at least 30 years or more. So we're lucky enough to have him um, kind of oversee it. And it's fun because he takes us around and we put the hood on and we you know hold bees in our hands. And But then he actually does the work of extracting the honey. Yeah, our bees are so friendly. People are scared of the bees, but they're really friendly. Yeah, I have a pit bull and it's very friendly too. <laughs> Yeah, so I think we're breaking out the 2011 right now. Which oh, is, snap. Uh, which Look, is, it's a 2011 from Jimmy's number 43. Oh, Jimmy. And yeah, uh, I had stuff. it a couple of months ago. So the, the, the fresh one. Popping bottles. You, that? you tell me. So, Tommy, the fresh one hits me like it, it, it's fresh and it doesn't taste as strong as it is. Jimmy, this is a year old. Well, that, that was 2012. What year is it? Well, 2012 in it's November. It's 2013, Jimmy. So what about 2011? <laughs> Just so you know. 2011? Yeah, Honestly, what, I've, be more what I found with this beer is the older it gets, the more it mellows out, and the less you feel the ABV of it. Um, but until you think, the next morning. And also, yeah, right. this is, we're going to check this out. You can check, check out our Twitter, at beer underscore sessions, because this is going on all night. We're going to be tasting. First of all, these beers come in one-liter bottles that, that look like mini growlers. So that's a whole other thing, and we're going to talk to, to, to Jeff and Tommy about this. But the 2011, I opened a couple months ago, and, and it does change and evolve, and it, it's cool seeing you guys, great brewers, making beers that evolve too. So, thank um, you. We're drinking that now. We're having fun. We're Dave, pouring it. We're pouring it on each other. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's really exciting. So, super kitty showers. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I'm naked it's right more now. craft beer than ever. Well, actually, you can Tommy do that is. on radio. Tommy is, and um, if you want to see more about Tommy. Uh, just check out at beer underscore sessions because there's gonna be a lot of photos tonight. We're hanging out here, so God, I hope nobody's okay. His girlfriend's tonight. And I think John Rubo, this guy from Yonkers, you know, these guys. What I'm finding, and we, we've said this before, in every little community now, yeah, everybody's open, open a great little brewery, and it's like, why not buy your local brewery? I think everybody is is. We don't think I have to convince anybody that that's the fact. But again, in Vermont, you guys need you guys need more breweries in Vermont, man. We right. Do. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> well, we can bring some mother's milk up to Vermont. I Thank think you. that shouldn't be a problem. That would be really nice. Yeah. We would appreciate that. Awesome. We don't really have a good milk stout up there, so uh, I think there's a lot of room. You won't be able to say that for long. And then Sharif. Ah, <laughs> so for, for Yonkers and Sharif. So you guys have you, I've had your lager. I really like your Belgian ale. Uh, it, what's, a beer that you're, what's your favorite of all the Yonkers beers right now? You know, I really love our uh, stout on Nitro. It's just, it tastes like chocolate milk. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. <laughs> and Dave, <laughs> when, when you're up in Vermont and you only get to choose from Lawson's Finest and Hill Farmstead, oh, and so everyone so here in New York thinks that's so cool, like what beer do you wish you had when you're in Vermont? Anywhere well, in the world. Anywhere in the world. Um, now I, I, I want the three. I, I want Hetty. I want you got a pretty good. Double Sunshine, and I want whatever Sean Hill makes. And, uh, That's pretty good, but is, it's it's hard to get. I mean, to be honest with you, it's like it's very hard to get those beers unless you go to the breweries. You can't get them. They F don't them, sell them. Where the, the fuck the store, is Worthy man. Kitchen? Like it's in Vermont somewhere. <laughs> where the where? fuck? It's in the sticks. <laughs> but it's, where? It's in Woodstock, Vermont. Is it Woodstock, Vermont? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not uh, to be confused with Woodstock, New York. No. We already took Woodstock. Yeah. No, you Come guys. On. Yeah. <laughs> or Woodstock Brewing. Yeah. Which and there is a Woodstock Brewing in New Hampshire. Actually, yeah, Woodstock too. Inn. That's right. Yeah. Right. And so, so not confusing. to be confused with any of those. But or Kitchen. Woodstock the Festival. Um, 
Somewhere, in, I have friends that say we're in Vermont somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where it is, man. It's a secret. Really? <laughs> That's what makes Wait, it cool. Dave. Worthy something. Dave doesn't yeah. want to be found. All right. No. <laughs> Guys, the time has come. We, I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Brewer Sessions Radio is supported by The Good Brazil. You can find Beer Sessions Radio on our Facebook fan page, Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Thank you for Jeff. It's again. Jeff, read off this one. Your name is what? Hello. My name is Jeff Wenzel from Keegan Ales, and I am at Heritage Radio, which is a old shipping container, which is nice enough for me to live in. <laughs> And you can check us out on iTunes. First, a big shout-out to our longtime producer and co-founder, Brie O'Connor. We love you so Yay, much. Brie. Without you, there'd love be no you, show. You're awesome. And uh, thanks again to John, Jeff, Tommy, Dave, Nick, Sharif. What, Sharif? Happy birthday, Dave Goldstein. He'd be pissed off if I didn't do it. All right. <laughs> and I miss both Tommy, everybody. And uh, we're cool for joining me on the Heritage Radio Network. Chase, too. Thanks, buddy. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee, Brio Connor, Engineer, Joe Galarraga. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website, or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.